<laughs> What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to this episode of Split Screen D and D, the place where we're attacking all things Dungeons and Dragons from both sides of the screen. <laughs> Ooh, a little uh, a little martial arts channeling. No, no, no riff. No, no, uh... no, no. I'm channeling the monk today. You oh. know, the I, the first time ever, and the last time. I'll never do it again. Remind me, I have something really cool to show you on the monk front. Oh, no, that's a weird thing. That's a weird that. thing for you to say. My name's Tom Quinn, resident dungeon master here at Modern Myth. And I'm Josh White, as resident player character here at Modern Myth. And uh, today we're actually going to be kicking off a series, a uh, series that we've kind of been uh, rolling around for a little while. And that series is The Tears of Play. Uh, we're not going to be kind of uh, certainly not going to be following the fifth edition prescribed tiers of play, uh, a more of a simplified early, mid, and late tier, and where better to start than where most characters must, uh, early tier Dungeons & Dragons Level fifth edition. One. But before we jump into that, hey, Internet, have you been working out? Mm, you're looking good. They do. You're looking good. Well, you know, it just being the world to us, you... You just beautiful people, you. If you you'd hit that little like button and that subscribe button, and if you're feeling up for it, because I know you are, because you've been working out. If you could hit that little bell, so you know that when we're releasing our comment, you can watch it. But seriously, and, and all joking uh, aside, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's insane, like how the 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 comments and the subscriptions. Please keep it going. Spread the word. Modern myth for life. Uh, thank you guys so much for all that you've done. But. Early tier, man. One one last note on that. If you oh. guys want to help us keep making content like this, thank you. Uh, forgive him because this is actually brand new. We're both struggling with this one. But check us out at Patreon mm. slash ModMyth uh, if you guys want to help uh, us keep doing what it is we're doing mm. over on the channel here. But yeah, let's jump right in. Okay. Uh, low tier D and D, and like I said, I think each of these episodes we're hopefully going to be kind of highlighting. I guess the. DM and player considerations for each of these tiers. Does that well, sound like a fair kind of exercise? what we do here at split screen? That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, our, uh, that's our I, MO. I, I mean, I, I just know that I don't have like, uh, you know, a lot of topics, there's a really kind of hard bullet yeah, pointed. That's and, true. And, uh, but I think, I think that there, these are, these are topics that you could say a lot on. So I hope we're going to do these justice. I hope so. I know we probably that, won't. Uh, all those beautiful people are going to pick us, uh, pick up our slack in yeah. the comments let us know so. what, what points we miss uh we love reading that stuff and it helps us uh it was oh, yeah. thinking about the game I, there's there's so much literally so much that i put in my pocket coming out of the comment section to bring to our table i love it i love play. it so let's talk low tier D and before we before we jump into low tier D, &D okay. um i am curious to know uh where do you land on low tier, mid tier, high tier? This conversation again, we're not getting into mid and high, right, right. but I just want to know uh, as a as a player, and I, obviously every player is going to have their own opinion on this. Mm -hmm. But where do you land? Is is mid tier? Is mid tier uh, awesome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Is low tier? What are we talking about again, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is low tier awesome? Is low tier? You know, yeah. oh man, just start me at level seven and let's get going. Uh, where, where do you stand on low tier? I love low tier. I love, I love low, low tier. tier. Low tier is one of my yeah. favorite tiers, if not my favorite. So I think the immediate follow-up question is no. why? Like, and now, now I want to, I, before, before you answer that, I want to mm -hmm. lay out and, and you can correct me if you're in a different headspace, right, but right. I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. I would say, and now you in the comments, give us your two cents. Yeah. 
I'm going to mark out low tier. The transition from low tier mm-hmm. is about when you hit level five. One and through five. The main reason I'll say that, well, I'll actually even say one through four, because when you hit level five, That's now right. you've your wizards have their fireball, your fighters have yeah. their extra attack. Uh, and now obviously those we'll are talk about those that. are purely combat oriented, but that power scale at this point, yeah. now you have five hit dice versus your one hit dice you started yeah, with. I think, yeah. And and I think it's just it's where a lot of the big subclass features really click on. Can um, yep, yep, yep. You know, or not even necessarily subclass features, yeah, but class features. class features. Um, and certainly where a lot of casters start getting access to, to some really spells. interesting things. Yeah. So um, that's that's about the ballpark. And again, we we may disagree on the yeah. exact levels. Yeah. But, but just so everyone at home has an idea of what we're talking right. about. Is one that, through five. I would say one through, I might go one through six, but the same ballpark, okay. right? Same. Well, you're wrong, but let's continue. Oh, fuck uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but in, in, you know, in that ballpark. So we're, we're talking about... Yeah. The first five to six levels, let's say, of, right, right. Uh, oh. of Dungeons and Dragons. Why are those levels your favorite? Especially if you don't mind me picking your brain. Yep. I'm blown away when any player enjoys level one. As a DM, I can think of a number of reasons why yeah. that really early tier, there's some cool stuff. But but what is it about early tier that... Uh, I will say level one is kind of a hard level. Uh, that is where you're so much in that life or death situation. You can run across a fucking splinter on the ground and it might kill you. I mean, that's level one. If you're a wizard, it will kill you. The splinters, <laughs> the splinters in my world, they do 2d8 damage. So if you are a wizard, you better Man, they'll take out a barbarian, man. You hope, no, no, no. Barbarian's got it. Barbarian. 2d8. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, level one's hard just because it is. you are just so on the, the edge of dying all the time. But what I love about the low levels, it's the same in like any any of my favorite movies. Uh, I'm a Rocky One is one of my favorite movies. Okay, I, I know. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll die on that hill. Rocky One is a fantastic. I'm not talking about Rocky Two, II, Three, Four. I'm talking about Rocky One. Some of them, they're good. Don't get me wrong. Rocky One is fantastic because it really shows you the hero's journey. Do you, right? do you know that the probably one of the only reasons I am. I exist uh-huh. is because of Rocky One. That's the very first movie my mom and dad went on a date to. Rocky. I don't one. know how to how to process this, dude. Anyway, sorry. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there that literally you might be like doing a solo show right now if it wasn't it was for Rocky for, One. So <laughs> hit the subscribe button because <laughs> my co-host here uh, owes his life to Rocky One. But um, rock, I love any, but it could be anything uh, where you start with that. The hero's journey, right? They're they're maybe they have some potential, but they train, they work, they 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 put in the blood, sweat, and tears, and they get and they rise above what they were before. I love that process. I love the montages. I love that stuff. You know, in saying that, I was just thinking because, and I want to get to this at the very end. There are some, I think, in the broader pic, the big picture, mm-hmm. there are some problems with early tier D. Okay. But I love that you used kind of a montage of growth mm-hmm. uh to reference early tier D D because graft mm, yeah, that's what precisely talking. what level one to level say five yeah. are the amount it of is, hit do- the hit dice you get yeah abs and the hit points yeah absolutely. yeah I mean you're you're your early on, your power curve is 
borderline exponential. Yeah, you know huge. I mean? yeah, uh, twice uh, as powerful. Uh, right. A really well, a really easy example is when you're level one and you become level two, you potentially double or even more than double your hit points, right, depending right, on right. let's say you're rolling. But even let's say you're taking standard, right. you double your hit points. Yep. Well, by level three, you're only increasing them by a third. By level right, four, right. it's by so a quarter. It's, it's, yep. So yep. the interesting thing is that I love that you used Rocky, a film that I think is really is iconic for the montage of like going from being like a, you know, kind of a bum enforcer who's right. got some boxing chops to facing off against the world champ. Yep. Um, and I, so it's interesting that you that you were talking about putting in the work and mm -hmm. that growth and and I really think that these early levels express that at a kind of a frightening pace. Yeah. Um it I would say literally relative to the rest of your progression from 5 on let's say. Right. You're I mean don't get me wrong some of your capstone stuff is oh. insane. Yeah, it's when you get to the a really high level D&D. Yeah. But if again, if you graph it, you basically have like, holy crap, I'm getting super powerful, and now I'm just chilling, kind of getting a little more powerful, and now I'm super powerful. Yeah, um, and that really depends on your class and subclass, the your power curve and all that stuff. Well, like, it if you look it, at like, it definitely does. But Moon Druid, like second level, they're baller. Well, but they they also choose their circle at second level, right? So the yeah, but so, the, but I'm just saying, any any, it would be third for wizards. It would be. Uh, you know what? Or five, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry second. So they get their they get their school at second as well. Okay. But third for martial. Right. Um, you know, paladins get spell casting at second level. That's yeah. where you get. Smarts. I think all pretty much all the casting happens at. But 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 all that to say, I really like that analogy. I don't know if you were intending the montage lean or not, but I really, not really. think levels one through five, and and a lot of like on the old school side, you know, you hear the nod of like, you know. Level, you know, early level D and D is just earning the right to be the protagonist in the ongoing yes, story. Yes, yes. And I think for for fifth edition, anyways, it really is the at level one. Hey, you you're someone with some potential, right? You know, you're not just the average Joe, right? Clearly, right. yeah. I think especially in five e, even level one, you're heads and shoulders. Oh no, above no, no. I mean, people. like you might be. Uh, I mean, when you consider what your ability scores could be at level one, <laughs> yeah, depending, right. on, depending on how you establish that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love the idea of, I guess, kind of thinking about those early levels. Obviously, they're taking place throughout the narrative. They're taking place. But if you're not crazy about how that power curve lays into the broader expression of the game, mm -hmm. you could even think about it as kind of these early levels are really the party montaging their way into being the type of heroes capable of some 15 levels later right, like it. Yep, dealing yep. with uh the you know problems on a uh, on a, a celestial pantheon yep. uh wide level so yeah um, i really like that nod so uh that's me as a player character but what do you you said you also really enjoy yeah i now i will say that one of the big things I love about early level uh, is a bit of a misnomer in that one of the things I love is I love meeting the characters. Mm. Now, if we start a campaign at seven, I'm meeting them at seven. Right, we started so at 11. Uh, but I think it's a different introduction to go like, 
to to steal a to steal a reference from the Onion movie. I, yeah, I'm I'm Proteus the Invincible, and this is who I am, and I've felled these gods. Right, and it, right. you know, it, let's say let's say five level fifteen characters are introducing themselves. Yeah, that's three sessions because any one of them has to basically go like, well, first. After laying Orcus low, <laughs> the fool, and you know, it's, you know, like you. Whereas, if it's a level one character introducing themselves, we're as close. Here, here's this is the beauty, and I'll, I'll put it this way. Okay, at level one, your character is as synonymous in power with the player as they will ever be. Ooh, so you can relate more to your character during this tier than certainly. Any other. And I think yeah. the longer you spend with them, you can continue to relate. Right, but. To just go now, if you've played eons of D and D, maybe you have no problem just jumping right in. But when it comes to delivering in that very first tavern you meet, or on that battlefield, or whatever cool scenario your DM has laid out for, like this is how we all come to know each other. Right. When it's a level one character doing it, it's really an opportunity for the players to reintroduce themselves to each other, not, not. Uh, you know, characters who have done crazy things and right. all have, you know, it's not a dick measuring contest. It's always a dick that, measuring well, contest. Well, you know, I mean, considering you have two, uh, you've got Amanda and Ariel both in your. It's still uh, a dick measuring well, contest. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and, and and somehow you're coming up third. How's yeah. that? Uh... I'm average. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I I I really think and and that that there's something special about how relatable a level one character is, yeah. especially in getting to know them because. You know, there's all sorts of larger-than-life characters in mm. in narrative uh, mediums of all kinds. Right, right. Film, uh, literature, plays. I mean, I mean, certainly in the Dungeons and Dragons sphere. I mean, everyone knows there's names you can mention that right. whether they've been in your campaign or not, you know them. These characters at some point were level one. They right. were level one at some point. You know, uh, Mordenkainen was level one. Driss right. was level one. Yep. You know, I mean, these these characters that you just go like, you know, what were they like then? Because we, as an audience, you know, we get to meet them at a certain point, whether right. however close or not that is to their humble origins. And I think there's really something as a DM uh, in the context of getting to know the characters. Mm-hmm. Um those early formative levels really establish what drives those characters. And, you know, even if they're the players you've played with 10 campaigns over, right. Um, you know, presumably they're bringing new characters to the table who are motivated in, in unique ways. And I think there, there's just something special about those early levels to learn that as a DM, because, because that's such a valuable tool for everything moving forward is understanding, you know, back when they were a nobody, what was it that motivated them? Right. You know, it's kind of the almost the Citizen Kane that's Rosebud a, kind of, Rosebud. you know, in kind of in the sense that, like, there might be something that's supremely meaningful to a level one character mm-hmm. that even that character has forgotten how meaningful that's. I was just thinking was. about that. I was like, I was trying to remember Kel at level one. And that's an interesting thing. It's like yeah. as a DM, <clears throat> I think you can introduce 
really meaningful moments in mid and late tier play mm-hmm. by better remembering. This probably comes from note taking and whatever tools use, right. but by better remembering something that was really meaningful to that character back then. Again, a reintroduction of an NPC that they really Oh you gosh, know, yeah. That who's that halfling buddy I used to have? Eric. Eric. Yep, Eric. Eric. Yeah. And yeah, I mean Again, perfect. I mean, I'm so glad you segued with that because he's basically ba- a backstory character. I mean, he yep. was barely present in the campaign as of session one. But what a cool opportunity for me as a DM for them to re-meet and Kel to be, for just the briefest of moments, level one Kel again. Oh. You know, like, that's a hard thing to deliver as that's a DM. That's going to be hard. Th- well, as a player, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like... When you've seen the world, when you've done unbelievable things, I mean, you, we, we in the Rovers campaign are moving into late tier play. What an unbelievable opportunity to kind of inject some nostalgia yeah. into Ooh, the power of nostalgia. What has, which is, I, I think, a hugely powerful. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, remember tool. berries? You, you remember? You remember Eric? You remember that little remember halfling Eric? who was yeah. going to freeze to death and you let him come I walk in a tavern in. with you? Yeah, he was You a cool. were a nice guy. I was, once upon a time. Once upon a time. Now yeah. you're just a mean. Dick. Now you're an asshole. Yeah, basically. But it happens. Such, such is life. So I, I think those are kind of the... this. These are great things about yep. early tier. And I think you even started to highlight some of the challenges with level one as well. Yeah, player. do you want to talk about that? But the... yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about like... What what are some considerations for on the player side? Right. Early tier, like are the things, I mean, very possibly there are things that you just as a DM you can just do away with. Uh things things that players like they might love everything else. And if we just got rid of this one thing, we could really oh, enjoy being in the space. Yeah. Um I don't know. I'm but but what are the cons, I guess? Yeah. Is, is and it's the con that immediately comes to mind, and I hinted at it earlier, is the, just the mortality of your character. But I you I don't think you should get away with it. Uh, like don't don't throw that away. I completely agree. Yeah, I think that's five E five E of all the editions doesn't do a great job with this, but no. I think that um certainly in kind of an old school ethos, right. that mortality is what you know. Surviving out of the early tier is yeah. what grants you, you know, the the connection to that character. Like you've made it now. Like yeah. now you can feel comfortable investing, mm. you know, in in this character, knowing that hey, I think we might go the long, right. we might go the long way. If when I build my next character, I don't want to go at it from like mm, I'm not gonna really like flesh out this character, or get into it until I reach third level. Well, also that's your that's your. I mean, you love doing that. Yeah, I love but, great characters. You know, if there was certainly, for instance, if I instituted a bunch of old school mechanics into our our next campaign, yeah, it might be ill advised to one to twenty a character. At lo- you yeah. know, at level one. Yeah. But again, you might love doing. It. You just go like, whatever. I love doing this. That if, might be what they I, die, do, they I die. do anyway. Yeah. But but it, it is a deal where I think, I mean the the idea of certainly in fifth edition, the idea of making mortality even less right uh, an element in uh, right. in the game. Uh, I I actually consider it to be one of the strengths of early early D I know I obviously it's a concern from the player side. Yeah. I mean you don't want to die. No. Nope. Right. I mean if you're in character, 
No character wants right. to die. But as a DM, I'll say one of the strengths is we actually have the least workload to present challenging encounters right, you want to talk about in those having, early levels. You want to have weight? Yeah, just like, hey, do you walk in this room, you could probably die. Like, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Right, right. I think being able to present scenarios that the players view as deadly. Because mm -hmm. let's say you're at level 10. Yeah. It's going to take a lot. You're going to have to put a lot in a room for the players to walk in and go, that's deadly. Yeah, I was about to say, it's probably not a room. It's probably a sequence of rooms. And then maybe by the end of the sequence, they start to feel it. Yeah, could be. Yeah, the attrition of that. Right. That's usually um, what I feel like higher level D&D is, is attrition. Yeah. And I think that, uh, so I think some of the, uh, again, it, it's interesting because I think it's a it's a two sides of the same coin. Right. Obviously, as a player, it's a con. Mortality is a con. You know, I mean, yeah, it can't. Um, well, it can be. But I think, I, I mean, I think most players acknowledge too, though, that despite wanting to do everything in your power to avoid it, uh -huh. if it was gone, it would be to the detriment of the players. Right. You know, clearly right. it needs to be there. Well, yeah. Um, and, and going off that, just the feeling that you're just a lot of like, I, I often say this I play DD to feel powerful, and you are never less powerful than early tier. Right. But uh, I think this is a. I think this is why this is such a powerful tier for me, is every time I mention a con, it's like, yeah, that's kind of a con, but it does serve a higher purpose. Yes. I That I really like, that, that the characters, there's no cell in their bodies that consider mortality a con, but the players... Mm -hmm understand why mortality is an important aspect of the game. And that's right. the the duality that that DMs don't really have to they don't have to exist in two minds, you know. Right. I mean, maybe they're running NPCs and they're running, you know, whatever, but but ultimately, you know, you're to play your character effectively, they have to be doing everything in their power to survive. Right. Um and and yeah, I think in those early tiers, knowing knowing that mortality is a very real potential uh serves the higher purpose that that needs to carry through and i think i actually think that one of the big nods to early tier uh as dms is to you know again in those first five levels players are becoming exponentially more powerful yes um and you know, I've advocated a number of times on on uh, split screen that you don't always want every encounter they have to have perfectly scaled with their power level. Sometimes they need to realize how much more powerful they are. Right, right. Just curb stomp some goblins. Like, oh, I love it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but simultaneously, I think that sensation of we are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, we are mortal is something that we as DMs should really, really cling to as long as long as is reasonable. Again, I mean, I think you begin having to step outside of the rules as written if you're going to deliver mortality uh, right. inducing right. Uh, challenges later in the game. But I think certainly as you move into mid-tier, if you're acknowledging how much more powerful the characters have gotten, occasionally giving them uh, an encounter that still lets them go, holy, we are still small fish right. in a big pond. Right. And I think that's the crux is really 
trying to maintain that spirit. And and again, mm-hmm. I I it admittedly, I mean, if you read the rules, if you're playing by fifth edition rules, and I'm not advocating that you that you raw you raw dog the fifth edition uh, rule book. Because if you do, you you won't have many tools at your disposal to continue to give that sense of early edition. Or, I'm sorry, uh, early tier yeah. uh, mortality concerns. That's a right. really difficult thing to do beyond early tier. And I right. think it's it, it is it's two two sided coin from the, from the character standpoint. Yeah. It's clearly a con that we are mortal and we are reminded of it right. regularly as a DM. Those are meaningful encounters, and we want to provide those. Right. And I don't think I, I don't think anyone is going to argue that the higher tier we move, that that it doesn't get more challenging to give the players a sense of holy crap, I might be dead here. Right. I think you hit. Uh, we'll talk about it later. I'm sure as we hit mid and high tier, that there are so many great like scenarios, feelings, whatever you want to call it, that you have in in low tier that need to be carried on into mid and high tier that that rules is written isn't always is, is super great right so would you always uh, you're running running a campaign do you always want to run like low tier no uh i well i love low tier and like i said i i i think one of the big reasons the narrative reasons i love it is because i really like seeing the party go from a group of strangers who yeah. circumstances brought together and we watch like, how do these guys become, is it a singular moment, like a mm-hmm. success in battle that they go like, Holy crap, we are the X, Y, Z, or, you know, is, is it are there slow, some growing pains? Are yep. there, you know, um, stabbing each other, you know, what, you what know, parties do? it's, it's, it's uh, apparently, sorry, um, Amanda, <laughs> but so I, I love that process. And again, that can happen at any tier, but I think, kind of in the same regard as it gets harder as you move up in tier to provide those interesting challenges yeah. directly to the players. You have to work at it more anyways. The same can be said of, you know, in those spaces where players fatigue, or I should say, I'm sorry, characters fatigue more rapidly. Right. Wizards don't have any as many spells. Right. Spell slots, yep, yep, yep. There's something almost handcrafted about that to say, we need to spend a little time around the campfire. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really oh. potent opportunity to have Social. inter-party exchanges that that begin to tie those bonds together. Whereas when it's like, you know, level 17 and you're like, well, a short rest will, will you know, right. a short rest and I'll be able to destroy six more suns, no problem. <laughs> uh, you know, so that, like I think that, it you know, the dynamic changes there a little right, bit. Right. But to answer your question... No, that's certainly not a call. Like, hey, everything you're running should be started in low tier. Right. Um, and to to highlight a, a serious con, and it's a difficult con to talk about when you're only talking about low tier. Okay. Like, let's say you were sitting down to go, hey, we're going to run a one to five campaign. Okay. Great. Yeah. I, I actually think you can do something really meaningful in one to five. Absolutely. Um, n- no problem. You'll get all the benefits of low tier play. And I think... You know, if your final battle is occurring in the five six range, yep, people are going to be able to bring some really interesting skills yeah. to bear. And yeah, um, a couple battles in five for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I will say that I think, I think that low tier also, if you're talking about a long form campaign, low tier also presents 
some low tier is kind of the odd man out for the exact same reasons we talked about this power curve mm -hmm. is if we're telling a narrative story but we know that the first five levels of that story are kind of montaged through because uh, the characters are growing so rapidly yeah then we get five levels of montage and then 15 levels of actual storytelling uh, whereas if you know for a lot of reasons i think you could you could start a party like it, it's just the relative power curve of saying you're level one right a very meaningful fight for you and your party might be clearing out uh old old lady hilderman's Ugh. cellar of rats fuck rats dude like oh but they're always everywhere legitimately at level one that might be a yeah, meaningful no. encounter yeah we have like uh yeah it depends on the rats yeah Four levels later, let's okay. say. What's the top end of a meaningful encounter? And how different are those experiences? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. and 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 that level of growth can be a little bit difficult to work in narratively. Right. Given the fact that from five to twenty, you have kind of you have a very kind of let's call it linear progression. Yeah, that's not the huge jump. And so so it can feel a little disjunction. And that's not to say, obviously, right. it can happen. There's many 1 to 20s that run out there. But it, it's just to say that I think I think those those early levels right. stand as kind of the odd man out because of how rapidly that growth occurs, yeah. which makes it a great space to either run just an early tier campaign, yep. or I might go so far as to say skip early tier altogether okay. and... And just start running at mid to high tier and run, you know, run a campaign. You know, there's there I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be able to go, hey guys, let's let's roll up some level 10 characters and run a 10 to 20. Like it's a different campaign for yeah, sure. For sure. But I think from the DM side, narratively speaking, you don't have to play the game of how do I go from fighting rats in a cellar to fighting gods on a different plane of existence? Right, right. Uh, you know, and again, it's like over what course of time? We're talking 20 levels, but mm -hmm. over what course of time? Depending on how things are playing out, is that a year? Is that two years? Is that a right. decade? Is that, you know, I mean, because if you start talking about, okay, this is over 20 or 30 years of these characters' lives, okay. But if you're talking about five years of their lives, they literally go from fighting. I mean, what were you doing five years ago? And how does it compare to what you're doing now being fighting gods? Like right, how, right, you know right. what I mean? Like, um, so there's some narrative challenges, I think, in that space. Um, but I would just so so that's the only thing I would say is absolutely, I don't think it's the the immediate place. Like, we gotta start low tier. Yes. Um, but I think it's a great place to start if you know you're only doing a five to seven level campaign. Yeah. Um, I like, again, I, I, I would see more, more flack being thrown up from players, not wanting to drudge through level one. I completely get that. Yeah, I get that too. And I'm just trying to think of like what I'd like to do. I like to start at level three. Cause then I get to like, I experience my character as a low level uh, for a couple levels. And then I experience the, the power spike. Right. And then I continue it on. So yeah. I like that. And in fact, I was, I was going to ask you this. What do you, I'm sorry for touching the mic. What do you think about doing like the first couple levels as backstory? 
I love that. Well, you know how much I, I love. That's what I how I know. Running yeah. running backstory, and generally we run that backstory where you're basically running up to level one. Right. But actually, I think there is more merit because my options really get to open up. I don't have to explain why you've done these cool things and are still level one. Right. Um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of running individually. You know, or or I mean, if players or I should say characters know each other. Right. You know, through their backstory, great. Right. But basically, what are the events that lead up to bringing these characters together? Why not let that be levels one and two? That's what I And yeah. you all meet as you become level three. You all meet. Yeah. That you're 100 at this point. I'm 100% behind that. And I actually think most character building mm-hmm. that occurs, um, I certainly know if I'm, if I go, ooh, I'm going to play a XYZ, the very next thing I think is, which subclass of that XYZ am I going to play? Right. And I actually think that's where most people start. Even if you're playing a level one character. And you know I'm not a big fan of like building out way ahead of time. No, it's just stupid, but, but whatever. <laughs> but I think the subclass is such a definitive tweak on the style that you're yeah. going to have that most people are considering that even at level one. Yeah. Even if they're not, you know, even if at level three, they're not considering five or seven or whatever. Right. Um, I think the subclass is just, and at three, every you, er, everyone's yeah, got their subclass. Got so about. it's a really a great place where as you kind of come together as a group right. and become the party, you are not only, hey, this is my broad skill set, you're, hey, this is how I've come to hone it to, a, to be a more specific weapon on the battlefield, yeah. a more specific tool in social scenarios, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people really have, a, I think, a good sense of the strengths and weaknesses of, of their respective uh, party members. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I completely, I, I, would, I would actually say I like that even more than Sweet. just running up to a level one. So I was thinking, I'm, yeah. I'm all for that, but I, I think uh, future campaigns like that, that we might run here on Modern Myth, right. I think I've already told you guys, I, I don't really have an intention of running another one to 20. That's, yeah. Um, and even that, we might start at three and do like a three to 10. Yeah, you know, and, and right, like mainly because there's a lot of settings I'd like to explore. Right, and, and I think you mentioned like, like oh, let's start at level six. It's like, nah, I want to experience. I want to experience a little bit of low tier. Yeah, well, and I, like I said, I'd love to run a call it a short form campaign that's like a seventeen to twenty, or even just a level twenty one shot or something like that. You know, oh, that'd be just, crazy. Just because it's you don't spend that much. You know, I mean, that's might- the thing that sucks about level twenty, which we'll talk about. I'm sure when we get to high end tiers, like, yay, you reach the capstone. Enjoy it for five seconds. <laughs> like, uh, congratulations. Possibly, yeah, absolutely. And now I think there are some cool supplements that allow you to go beyond that. Ooh, which, case, which I don't know about. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think as far as uh, low tier goes, yeah. I think they're... The, the only other pro that I have, and I mean, I, I, I know I said on the DM side, yeah. it's easier to present challenging combat scenario really challenging encounters period mm-hmm. because everyone is worse at everything you right know, they're only going to get better and you don't have to worry about like the weird power that the paladin has no the paladin has it you attack and that's what you got right right the the idea that being able to basically so you're you're creating these uh these various encounters whether they be uh explorative social combat right um but i think the one of the real advantages low tier has and it's something that uh this is a bit of a ping to uh 
to older editions and other other systems is how snappy combat is. That's you know, true. one of the drawbacks, obviously players love getting new sweet abilities. Love when it. You've got oh, 40 options it. on your turn. Yep. It stands to reason it's going to take longer than when you've got two. That's true. I see that as a challenge to players to try to make combat as snappy at level 15 as it is at level two. I, I understand that that's not possible. But I think that's what you should strive for. Well, yeah. And I think we'll be able to hit on that in the later yes, tier yeah, segments. Yeah. But again, it's it's another deal where I think there's so many things about when you sit down, let's use level three. Because I think we, I think that that's level a nice three spot. is such a sweet spot. It's a great spot. So let's use, a combat breaks out at level three. Okay. As a DM and as a player, you should really take note of how does that combat feel? What's the pacing of that combat? What's the pacing of, I mean, so much about the game at that, at that zone. Mm-hmm. And what can each person at the table do respectively as you move through the other tiers of play right. to remember and to some extent emulate that from a pacing standpoint? Yes. I get you're going to have a lot more options. There, There's no two ways about it, especially full casters. You're going to have, you know. A million ways to solve one problem. Yeah. Right. But I think one of the things that really makes combat great and really actually makes every aspect great is when it's happening rapidly yeah. cool a, a really tense social right. encounter is happening imagine if the dm sits there for 10 minutes thinking about how the duke responds <laughs> right. and then the player spends 10 minutes thinking about how you right. know i mean yes. it, it doesn't feel the same as if they're in a full-blown they're they're trading right. barbs and jests and right. you know um and all of that i think is so much easier to manifest at low levels because yeah. To some extent, the game has gotten out of your way. It you know the as you as a as a character become more and more potent, the game is handing you new things you can do, and you yeah, can, yeah, yeah. and you need to assess those things to make gotcha. a, an option. But the game has basically gone like, well, you don't know all that much. Have fun, right? And, and that's exactly what you do. You have fun, right? Right. You explore the space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think so. I think there's so much about the ethos of low tier play, and I think this this is also a nod back uh, to uh, to earlier editions because I think the the feel of low tier carries longer. Yep. Uh, in older editions, um, or or at least carries more weight during the time it is around. To as we move through this series, and we're talking about mid and high tier, and certainly as we at our table, as anyone else at their table uh, are playing, I think everybody would find that cool. You've got twenty different options. You right. got some to go. I've got these twenty options. What like what was my player's mindset back when I only had right. two? Like how would I have you know? You know, and 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 I think being able to kind of grab that feeling right. of that snappiness, that that pacing, yeah. and I I want to talk about that as we get into the mid tier, how to stay focused and like yeah, you get new powers, but those powers uh, just uh, exemplify what you're already doing. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I mean, like I said, this is gonna be a series, so yeah. I know that these videos are you know they're not gonna. They they may not go the right. the the distance. I like I said I'd like this to be a relatively uh, concise is a word I don't like using because I'm me. Yeah, so. well, and when we start going, man, who knows where we'll go? 
But uh, I mean, you got any other thoughts on? No, we could do the wrap up if you want, man. Like as a DM, what are your like? What would your advice be to other DMs for running the the low tier? Well, my advice would be uh, enjoy it while it lasts because yeah. it's only going to get more difficult from here. The, again, the beauty, especially for new DMs out there, is is exactly that. Like enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Take notes of what's happening and what makes this exciting. Yeah. Because. Being able to deliver that in later tiers, it's going to get more challenging, but but you'll you'll find the cornerstones mm-hmm. of what makes a combat exciting, what makes right. a, a social, uh, you know, a tense social exchange or a funny one, what makes that was really land. All that's going to be happening in these early stages of the game, yeah. and the 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 better you are at identifying that and and figuring out how you can recreate that in some elevated state for the other tiers right um i think is is will will really lend to your success as you move through the different tiers of play absolutely um player side player side um my tips for lows here is to really embrace the suck um that yeah you are going to, your character if you you such a unique opportunity to understand your character uh as a, a human being uh, I find out more about myself, who I am, and what I stand for when I'm going through the hard times. Like when you're mid tier, when you're high tier, when you're Thor, when you're a god, it's hard to 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 relate to that character. It's also hard to like figure out who that character is. But when you are a a low level character, it's a very humanizing. I don't care what race you're playing. There's a humanizing factor about that that should be embraced. Yeah, your character might die in five e. I don't think that there there is a danger, and it should always be yeah. that danger. But uh, don't be a, don't use that as a fear to figure out who your character is, because once you figure that out, you can carry that out through everything. Right, and it's such a fun, such a fun tier of play. Yeah, yep. it, I mean, it really is in terms of beginning to establish your character's story, and I think you you really hit it on the head, leaving the breadcrumbs that if you have to mentally go back to where you started yep you know if you don't have that history if you if you've erased the low tiers of play let's say and started later in the game start as a god then why are yeah then it becomes much more difficult to uh i like that you actually used humanizing because whatever whatever class race combination you're playing in game as a player you're a human and everything we're doing is meaningful to us as humans right and so that humanizing element that you that I think no no tier even comes close. Yes, 100 uh, to to embodying. So yep. uh, and I, I completely agree. Em, em, embrace the fact that you this is as weak as you're going to get, and really enjoy that because yeah, it's, it, 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 it's going to tell you a lot about yourself yep. when you are a 15. It's going to yeah, tell you a lot absolutely. about yourself. When you're a, a 20 level six, and you're, like it, it doesn't take long before you like start to become the hero, right? Uh, and you could argue that yeah, since you're level three, you're a hero. But you know that that that, that idea. So yeah, that's my that's what I'll say. I love it. Um, I think that's just about it. We, uh, why don't yep. we why don't we sign this off? And uh, tears of play doesn't immediately speak to like a theme or a vibe to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you are okay with doing oh, all three okay. tiers of play, yeah, I need to hear a level one. Oh God! Okay, the world is yours. 
world is is yours. 